I was able to not only double my previous occupational therapy income, which is a master's level income, but I was able to quadruple it in three years, working part-time with a brand that is doing big things and supporting my team and supporting my client base. And it's a lot of fun too. Like I never feel like I'm working, I'm never dreading my work with Beauty Counter and that's what I was always going for. Today we are going to talk about increasing the income for your wellness business with network marketing. Now in this episode, I interviewed my personal beauty counter mentor, Elena from Engraced and Enthused, so that we could share how network marketing has had an impact on the growth of our business and a deep look into how our company in particular helped both of us leave our full-time jobs and support our families. Elena is a really great person to hear from because prior to partnering up with a network marketing company, in our case, Beauty Counter, she was doing, quote, everything right with her food blog, and yet her business wasn't growing and it wasn't sustainable until she decided to add Beauty Counter as an income stream. And she was a published cookbook author with tens of thousands of raving fans on her social media accounts. So the fact that she, like, Literally, she was doing everything right, and Beauty Counter is really what changed the trajectory of her business. Now, my story is very similar in that Beauty Counter helped me get the tools that I needed to be able to promote products to my community, whether that was Beauty Counter products specifically or my own digital products. It gave me all these tools on how to do that well and effectively. And every single revenue stream in my business has increased since adding Beauty Counter as a revenue stream. So all in all, Elena and I are both incredibly passionate about the opportunity you have to increase the profits in your business with Beauty Counter or any network marketing business that you align with for that matter. And we are sharing all of the details on how to know if the opportunity is right for you in this episode. But before I dive in, I do wanna make a quick clarification on the cost to become a consultant. Elena shares what the cost is in this episode, but it's actually free for a very short period of time. So listen all the way to the end of this episode to hear a few time-sensitive perks about joining our team before March 7th. All right, let's get to the show. Ever feel like your passion project is not getting the respect it deserves? And no matter what strategy you try or course you buy, you can't seem to make enough money. Welcome to the Profit Meets Passion podcast. Each week, you'll hear from wellness entrepreneurs who have made running their own business their main moneymaker. You'll find inspiration and actionable tips to implement so you can increase your impact and income. I'm Anne Marie. Let's get to it. Tell me the history of your business from where you started to where you are presently. I started my blog, Grace and Enthused, in May 2014, because I, I remember I was on an airplane down from Chicago to go visit my sister in Florida, and I was brainstorming names for my blog, and I was watching Dazed and Confused on the airplane, and I was like, oh, I love Grazed and Enthused. So Grazed is like grass-fed, not grazing on food, but like just grass-fed cows because I was starting my blog, a food blog, to give people in the autoimmune and chronic disease community access to autoimmune protocol recipes. So I liked graze and enthuse because I wanted people to be enthusiastic and excited about their new food choices. 
and not see the autoimmune protocol so limited. So that's where my name, my blog name came from. So I started out as a food blog, May 2014, and I really focused on that until January 2017 when I started getting into different income streams and diversifying my income as I grew my family. So I'm going to start with just 2014, and then you can just pop in and ask me questions, um, and then we'll kind of compare income as my business has grown over the past uh, almost six years now, because we're coming up on May 2020 pretty soon. So my first year, I was exclusively earning income through affiliate income through Amazon through my blog and through some very, very minimal partnerships with brands. And when I say minimal, like I, I looked back at my Amazon income from my first year and I remember getting excited about $36 paychecks from Amazon affiliate income. <laughs> I remember telling my now husband like, oh my gosh, I made $36 this month. And I don't know if he was like pulling my leg, but he was like cheering me on with my $36 paychecks. It's so, so funny uh, that you say that because I've had people say to me before, like, or, or like, like in comments that they can't trust something because there's an Amazon affiliate like link to it. I'm like, do you realize that I, if you buy this salt lamp, I might make 25 cents on it. Yeah. Like I'm not sharing this for the money. Like I'm sharing it because I'm going to share it anyway. So I might as well share an affiliate link, but like Amazon is not the place to get rich. No, it is not. Especially how they operate their program now. Um, they've really decreased commissions for a lot of bloggers. And I saw, I, you know, when they changed the program, I did see a pretty dramatic decrease in my monthly commissions from them. So I, did, I was able to get higher than $36 eventually, but then it kind of dropped back down. So that, you know, my first year with my business, I was working probably 20 to 25 hours. I was also in my full-time master's program for occupational therapy. And after school and on the weekends, I just dedicated all of my time to building my food blog. And within a year, I was actually able to get a cookbook contract with Victory Belt Publishing with uh, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, who is the founder of the Paleo Mom blog. And she, you know, her business has really um, dramatically diversified into a lot of other business streams and just a food blog or uh, blog content. So we wrote the Healing Kitchen together. And when I first got that offer from her, I was like, oh, I've really made it. Like, I, I'm going to make a lot of money on this cookbook. The, you know, the residual checks are going to keep streaming in for years and years and years. And, you know, once you've published a cookbook, I mean, people must be making like hundreds of thousands of dollars on these things. I had no idea what the range was, what the spectrum was on a published print cookbook. So we published The Healing Kitchen in December 2015, so about a year and a half after I started my blog, and I got my first paycheck for that cookbook in April 2016. So my cash advance, and an advance on a cookbook is essentially a check that the publishing house writes the author or authors uh, prior to the book being published. So it might be something like it'll cover your expenses for a photographer or for props or for a new camera or for the food that you're going to be using um, to make these recipes for our pre-published authors who've already proven themselves in the industry the publisher might give them a large advance where it's almost like it's their paycheck up front so they won't make any additional money on the book sales once the book launches until they kind of catch up to that um that advance money. So some people might be getting a $50,000 advance for the Healing Kitchen. I got a $3,000 advance and that was just to cover the purchase of a camera because I had been taking pictures from my blog on my 
I don't even know what iPhone, Blackberry, Android. It was something. <laughs> it had an antenna. I, I was taking blog photos with the phone with an antenna when I first started my blog. So I used that advance to buy the camera and some props for the cookbook and got my first paycheck that, um, that following spring. And it was decent, but it was definitely not something that you could live on. And then I got another one. You know, I get one every six months and gradually and pretty significantly that paycheck starts to decrease quite a bit. Because once somebody owns your cookbook, they don't need to buy it again. So um, it's not a consumable good. So that's where cookship, um, it can make you a lot of money if your book gets really, really famous. But the Healing Kitchen is so niche with autoimmune protocol recipes that it's really, you know, a small target audience that we're working with. So I did not get, you know, filthy rich on the Healing Kitchen by any means. <laughs> I'm curious. So aside from Amazon affiliates, was there any other revenue stream you had in your business during that time? There was some, I remember there were, that was the period of time when there was more bundles. So I might make, you know, $500 here and there on an autoimmune protocol bundle. Uh, but other than that, I don't think I was making any other income at all. I remember like filing my taxes that year and like, I think the government owed me money. <laughs> so um, yeah, there wasn't much going on at all. So the Healing Kitchen, the first paycheck was really my first big, like, wow. Okay. So that I'll share the number with that one. My first paycheck with them was about $25,000 and that was split between me and my co-author. So if I had published that book on the, on its own and it sold the same amount of copies, I would have made $50,000 on that first check. And that's quite decent. A lot of paleo cookbook authors are not making that much money on their first paychecks, but ours, you know, like I said, very niche and it was much needed in our target audience and our marketplace was easy, quick and easy AIP recipes that, you know, with easy to find ingredients. So that following, I was, I was pregnant with my first daughter when I published The Healing Kitchen <clears throat> and not bringing in much income besides those residuals. I was also working as a pediatric occupational therapist. I had a two-year master's degree. Um, the schooling for that was quite expensive as well. I thankfully had some scholarships to help. But the, my pediatric occupational therapy outpatient clinic work was also not paying the bills <laughs> very much. Um, it's quite an underpaid but valuable profession. So I, well, once Grace was born, she was six months old, we moved to Florida and I said, you know what, now my husband's working outside the home. He's working an hour away. She naps for two hours every single day. I have a lot less time to work on my business. What can I do that's really going to give me the most bang for my buck in terms of time and resource investment? And I've been hearing about Beauty Counter for probably a year from other blog um, and paleo colleagues who I really trusted, who vetted the brand, who said how much they love the products. Initially, I kind of made fun of Beauty Counter. I, I mean, even on a private blogger group, I was like, I can't believe people are, are hawking this product. Like, it's a direct sales company. How could they do that? And, you know, I, they proved me wrong. Like, my colleagues proved me wrong the company proved me wrong. And I just kind of had to swallow my pride and be like, you know what, I'm actually really interested in the mission of this company. The products are actually really pretty. I'm a skincare and makeup junkie already. And I've been still using kind of toxic products, even though I talk about healing foods all the time. So maybe this is my chance to at least try the products and maybe they, they'll blow me away. Maybe they won't. So I started purchasing them through a friend and who was with the company already as a consultant. And I was immediately very impressed with products that were claiming to be safer and claiming to be high performance. I didn't think you could get both of those things in one product and beauty counter proved me wrong. 
So the more I learned about the company and the strict safety testing that nobody else was doing, the incredible growth in the natural beauty industry. So there's an 18% year-over-year growth rate in the natural beauty industry um, versus an overall 3% growth uh, growth rate in just the beauty industry in general, which is a $100 billion a year industry in the U.S. alone. So I thought, okay, here's a, a chance here. Here's a business opportunity. I'm loving this company. I'm loving their products. I love their marketing, their branding, their packaging. Those are three things. If I'm going to get behind a company, um, those are three things that are really important. I'm not going to get behind, like, even if the, like the product is safe ingredients, if the branding's not good, if the packaging leaves something to be desired, if the performance isn't great, I, I'm not going to get behind it, even if the ingredients are on the safer side, but beauty counter really checked off all of those boxes for me in terms of a company I was willing to invest in. And that's what I saw it as a company I was willing to invest in. So Beauty Counter has um, quite a significant, I don't think I can share quite yet because they haven't shared with, um, with the marketplace yet, but they have a very significant growth rate, even more so than the natural beauty growth rate. So they're seen as the number one natural, clean, safer brand in the marketplace. They're setting the standard for ingredient safety testing. And um, our CEO was also recently asked by Congress to come speak and educate congressional members on why we need to pass safer legislation in the United States because it's a very unregulated industry. So that alone tells me like if the U.S. Congress is asking our CEO to come and educate them on why the Personal Care Product Safety Act and the Natural Cosmetics Act needs to be considered, then I'm with a company that is highly respected in this industry despite being a direct retail brand. So direct retail brands, haven't always had um, the best, how would you put it, Anne, the best? Um... I would say integrity comes into question because yeah. there is the, because you are making money by promoting a product. And I think whenever that influencer ship comes into play, people start to question whether you truly do like this product or if you're just using it because you get a kickback. And then also just like the, the whole reputation of the industry of network marketing because of so many different practices that I feel like are a bit more antiquated now and some models are still using it and some educators and promoters of these various network marketing brands are still using these strategies to recruit. But I think as a whole, the company is are moving away from suggesting these types of strategies, like the whole Hey Girl messages is what I'm really looking at. So it's like where we have this reputation of network marketing brands, but really it's like an outdated type of reputation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of direct sales companies, they have very unsavory and illegal practices and a lot of them are being sued but beauty counter has protected itself because they don't require consultants to make any purchases we don't hold inventory which is something that i feel very strongly against is requiring a consultant to hold inventory because then you're investing possibly thousands of dollars into a business where you don't know if you're even going to be able to sell the products and oftentimes the companies aren't even tracking if their consultants are selling the products so that's when uh, direct sales can be seen as abusive is if a lot of their revenue comes from the consultant field versus actual clients. But thankfully, Beauty Counter is one of those brands that has mass appeal. The general public, our brand awareness has gone up from 1% since I started with the company three years ago to 9% um, this past year. So we're growing significantly. 
and Beauty Counter has these policies in place to protect their consultant field because consultants come first to them. Um, they're very, very passionate about making sure that we are a company setting this ethical standard for direct sales and really changing the tide in that industry because there is a lot of fraud going on in that industry. So something I learned um, recently that solidified why I decided to partner with a natural beauty company in this general marketplace landscape is that 75% of consumers say that ingredients are important to them, and 85% of households are starting to buy something organic, while 66% of cosmetic users have some interest in going clean. So the demand is there in the marketplace, and Beauty Counter for me is the solution for the people in my life, my online communities need and want and desire to be using safer products in their household, on themselves, their husbands, their partners, their children. So that's really where, for me, a very smart business decision to make is I already love the products. This company's doing amazing things. They're very highly respected in the industry, so much so that Congress asked our CEO to come speak to them. And this is where the consumer marketplace is heading. So why not meet people where they want to be met? Um, something else we learned is 55% of consumers actually want to buy direct through, um, not through a middleman, essentially, not through something like a Nordstrom. They want to go directly to the company, directly to a consultant who works for the company and get that concierge one-on-one -on -one customization to whatever their needs are. And that's another job for beauty counter consultants is let's figure out, okay, so you have acne and you've been using all of these harmful chemicals to beat your skin into submission essentially for the past 15, 20 years, it's not working and you want to be using safer products now. How can I help you as a beauty counter consultant with my knowledge and the training that the company has given me um, to match these amazing products with your skin goal, skincare goals essentially and how can we get you the results you're looking for? So I really liked that part of it is I'm still helping my community just in a different way. So I'm still providing that recipe content. I'm still providing lifestyle recommendations, but I'm also providing them with a tangible product that they can go shop through my website and really help them meet their needs for health on multiple levels. So there needs to be used, you know, their desire, their need to be using safer products and to get those results. So that's where Beauty Counter really hits home for me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my mind was at when I decided to, to sign up as a consultant with the company. I liked that they didn't require any purchases by consultants. There's no monthly minimum you have to meet. And anybody, you know, anybody can join Beauty Counter and start selling. You get your website that same day. So I really love that about the company as well as they make it very accessible for um, both consumers and for bloggers, for influencers, et cetera. So we have a big wide mix of um, consultants in the field. I think there's about 40,000 consultants now, and that may sound saturated, but it's actually quite undersaturated. Uh, for example, Mary Kay is thought to have about 40,000 consultants in the Dallas area alone. So I would consider that quite saturated versus Beauty Counter 40,000 in all 50 states in the United States. What about Canada? Does that include Canada? That, um, Canada is very unsaturated right now with Beauty Counter. There's a lot of opportunity. If you're a Canadian blogger, influencer, um, content creator, there's a lot of opportunity in both the United States and Canada, but especially Canada. Um, their government is a little bit more strict on uh, personal care product safety, which I see that as an advantage to consultants because clearly your government's on your side already and you can make a big difference by getting these products out into your community. Okay, so you, how long ago was it that you 
decided to partner with Beauty Counter? So it was January 2017. So I just celebrated my three-year anniversary with the company. Um, I've had, I've actually tracked my year-over-year growth. So I was not able to attend the managing director meeting. So I've hit the top of the compensation plan, which is called a managing director, which means you have a certain number of legs underneath you that are hitting a certain minimum um, in sales per month. And that's the top of the compensation plan. And and really, there's no top to the compensation plan because it's open-ended. It's sales. If you talk to any salesperson, the sky's the limit in any industry. So I've had year-over-year growth of about 300% every single January, which is incredible. Um, if you think about if I had started something like a yoga studio, the amount of money I would have had to put into the startup of that yoga studio and the amount of years that would have probably gone by until I actually saw a profit would be on average about three to five years. So the fact that I saw profit my first month with Beauty Counter, I chose to invest $500 into products so that I could try a variety of the products so I could speak authentically about what I liked and what I would use again and what I wouldn't. And so I could show, um, you know, do product demos and share the products with my community. I did a $500 upfront investment. That was my choice. Nobody asked me to do that. That was completely like me shopping as a consumer, essentially wanting to try the products. And like I said, 300% year over year revenue growth every single January. Um, And then Ann and I were talking before we got on, I was able to not only double my previous occupational therapy income, which is a master's level income, but I was able to quadruple it in three years working part-time with a brand that is doing big things and supporting my team and supporting my client base. And it's a lot of fun too. Like I never feel like I'm working. I'm never dreading my work with beauty counter. And that's what I was always looking for in a career for myself is something where I could help somebody, something where I wanted to show up, be creative and something that was fun. And I mean, what could be more fun than helping people with skincare and makeup when it has a really strong mission and cause behind it. So yeah, that's um, kind of my income journey. And I every year I set a new income goal for myself and my team. And I've been, con- you know, I've continued to be able to not only just quadruple my previous income, but double my husband's income, which was a significant income for our family. He was the primary breadwinner. I doubled his, which allowed him to leave his career and not have to do that one hour commute anymore and actually be home and be present with our young, our two young children, a three and a half year old and a nine month old as of the time we're recording this. And he's now able to pursue what he wants to do. So he's always wanted to start his own little offshoot. He's a copywriter. Um, he's always wanted to start his own little offshoot for small businesses. So he just developed his own company and he's able to get that going now, now that I gave him the ability to leave the stability of his job. So you stay at home with your kids, but you are able to bring in enough money to have your husband essentially be retired, which is incredible. And okay. So tell me what you said that this is like a part-time thing for you. And I know that you do have other revenue streams, but let's focus right now on network marketing and beauty counter. So how, how many hours do you feel like you work each week and what's your childcare situation look like? So my Three and a half year old is in school about two to three days a week for about five to six hours at a time. So I can count on maybe around 20 hours or so of, you know, 15 to 20 hours of childcare a week for that child. Our baby is home with us full time. And then my husband is working. So he's kind of in and out um, of, of the house, you know, at different companies and businesses. So I am full time 
stay at home mom because my baby's at home. And then my other daughter's home four to five days a week as well. So I would say my time to work on my business is very limited some days. And then other days, you know, I can fit in a few more hours. So I would say I work between two to five hours a day, depending on the day, supporting my team of over 200 women. We're recording this in January, 2020. So I have a team of over 200 women now who I'm supporting and also supporting my client base as well. And coming up with new blog content, new social media content is a big focus too. So that is pretty amazing that I'm able to double his income. He was working 60 hours a week and I have weeks sometimes where I'm only working 15, 20 hours a week. Yeah, that's incredible. And you're still, okay, so now let's focus on the other revenue streams that you have. So you still have your wellness website. What, how does that bring in money now? And the book. So the book is still out there. Right. Yeah. It's still being published. It's still selling decently well for a book that's been in the marketplace for over four years now. Um, Most books, their shelf life is around two years. So the Healing Kitchen is still selling well um, four years later. So um, I just had to do my 2019 taxes. So I know that my beauty counter income was 80% of our family's revenue for 2019, which means 20% came from the Healing Kitchen. Um, Two times a year, I get the royalty paychecks. I participated in a couple bundles last year that were fairly successful. Um, I have a few affiliate income streams. So my top affiliate income streams are Primally Pure, who I love. They're another safer skincare company. I absolutely love their deodorant and some of their skincare and body products. And they work really closely with influencers. They have a basically somebody in charge of influencer marketing who supports the influencer team very, very well. So if you're looking for somebody else to p- pair up with, Primally Pure is another great one. Branch Basics, I love I love as well. That one does really well. It converts well because people are looking for safer cleaning products. And ButcherBox does okay for me. I haven't seen a ton of success with them, but I speak pretty consistently about them. And uh, Amazon, I still get um, some affiliate income as well. And then I'm partnered with an ad network called Ad Thrive. So I receive some income each month from that, anywhere between $800 to $1,000. So that's nice because I consider my Ad Thrive income what pays for my beauty counter business expenses by supporting my team, gifting my clients, um, marketing dollars, my, my um, email marketing platform, all of those business expenses that come into play when you have an online business, I consider my ad network uh, what helps fund all of that. So I do have a goal in 2020 to double my ad network income, which is pretty significant because that'll give our family another $12,000 in 2020 to play around with. Um, and that's about it. So there, I don't have a huge, you know, I don't have 15 different income streams. I keep it pretty um, nice and tight, especially because I want my audience to trust me. And I think the best way to, accrue trust with your audience is to find the brands that you really, really love, use every single day in your household and, and focus on those brands. Because if you're talking about three different, um, clean deodorant brands, if you have, if you use like 12 different skincare brands and you're talking about all of them, how are people going to really trust that, um, you love, you truly love those companies and that you're not just talking about them to diversify your income significantly. Yeah, I love that you, I had that as, as something that I wanted to discuss is talking about other brands that have similar products and if that can be done successfully or does that look bad to your community if you're sharing Beauty Counter, which offers safer beauty products, but then you also have Primally Pure, which has skincare products that could be considered a competitor. Do you feel like that's something that people need to consider or what I are your think- thoughts on it? 
I mean, I think it's, it would be hard to say like that you would like every single product from just one skincare or makeup brand or that that skincare or makeup brand meets all of your needs because maybe you're looking for a lash primer and beauty counter doesn't have one. So you find the cleanest lash primer that you like that gives you good results. And you talk about that as well, in addition to beauty counters mascara. So I think there's a way to go about it where, um, you're not kind of cannibalizing too many different business income streams. But for me, like by and large beauty counter is what I use for my skincare, makeup, bath and body. Um, if I need to go outside of beauty counter for something that they don't have, then I share that with my audience and they appreciate that. Actually, they, they view that as even more authentic that I'm not just using the brand that I and building a network marketing team with. Yeah. And I would agree with that too. That's one of the recommendations that I have in my social story selling program is to diversify who you're talking about so that it doesn't helps you not sound as salesy and just more authentic to real life. Like what are people using? You're likely not purchasing all of your products from the same brand. And so that helps give different price points and different options for your community to look into while you're educating on you know, these various brands that you're working with. So I think you mentioned just about like seven different, if you consider all the different brands that you're using through um, affiliate marketing, you have about seven different revenue streams. And that's actually, it's interesting that that's where you settled on because, and that's what feels good and is working really well for your company because the that's like the recommendation that I would give is to try to find about seven different brands or seven different ways to make money. So you have Beauty Counter, Primally Pure, Butcher Box, Ad Revenue, um, Branch Basics. Yeah. And then you have your ebook and then your cookbook. Oh yeah. I didn't even mention my ebook. So people ask me all the time, are ebooks a good way to make money? And I think if you have a niche ebook where you... And I think it's really important as an online content creator to not hoard all of your content for paid for programs or paid for eBooks, because how are you going to establish trust with your audience and how are they going to know that they like your recipes or that they like your detox advice if you don't give some of it for free first? So for me, the eBook, it was my way of providing, because I was in a tight kind of confine with the Healing Kitchen. They're supposed to be quick and easy recipes easy to find ingredients, something the normal standard American pro, uh, standard American diet palette would appreciate. So I didn't get too crazy with my recipes there, but I actually really like more globally inspired recipes. So that's why I created Enthused, my ebook. And it took me several months to create it. I created the all the recipes. I did all the photography, all the editing, copywriting, and um, PDF creation, which is a lot of work. And I priced it, um, what I think I priced it very, very affordably at twelve ninety five for over 80 exclusive recipes, which I could have priced that much higher. And I wanted it to be an entry level price point for people just starting the autoimmune protocol or who felt like the autoimmune protocol was boring them or they didn't have enough exciting recipes and they wanted um, something a little bit more interesting so that they'd stick to the protocol a little bit longer to see results. So, um, enthused sold really well. I really hyped it up. I was sharing recipes. I gave away some recipes for, for free. I probably given away at least 10 recipes out of the 80 plus recipes for free. And my first launch week, I think I made, um, $4,000 on the ebook launch, which I think is pretty significant for a small ebook launch. And then it continues to bring in, I would say about $200 a month, give or take. Um, and it's also something where, you know, I had it at this entry level price point of $12.95 for the past two years. I'm actually going to bump that up to $19.95 next month. So this is the last chance for people to get it at that price. And now it's going to become more of 
um, more of like an evergreen PDF or, you know, evergreen ebook that I can send people to as I start to develop other ones in the coming year or two. Uh, so yeah, I've, you know, eBooks are a great passive income stream. I wouldn't say beauty counter is always passive, but if you, if you build a client base that really trusts you, who you interact with, you've given recommendations to who you follow up with and make sure that they're loving their products. Um, you can build your band of beauty membership, um, audience as well. And your band of beauty members are about six times more likely to continue to purchase from you throughout the year. So if you're building a loyal client and band of beauty member base with beauty counter, that's where it becomes passive income because you already sold them these products once they fell in love with them. They're going to run out. It's a consumable good. They're going to want to repurchase it three to six months later. And then they come back to your website without you being, you even having to interact with them again, oftentimes, and they're purchasing with from you again. So they always know where to find you if you've done a good job of following up with them. So that's where beauty counter can become significant passive income. You earn 25 to 35% on all sales. Um, which is if you compare it to affiliate market, uh, marketing, you know, with Amazon, you might earn 6% on a sale with primarily pure, you earn 15% with, um, branch basics and butcher box. I want to say it's around 15% as well. I might be a little off on those, but if you compare that to 35% with beauty counter and you treat it like an affiliate marketing program, if you don't want to build a team, that's significant. So there are big, big lifestyle bloggers, big food bloggers who use beauty counter more as affiliate marketing where they're doing swipe up links. They're doing product demos. They're treating it just like they would if they, you know, were buying primarily pure. Um, even though they're directing people to their own beauty counter website and it is a direct sales company, they're treating it more like affiliate marketing and they're earning up to 35%, which is significantly more over twice as much as other affiliate programs. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you have an online business and you'd prefer just to use beauty counter just for that affiliate marketing style instead of, um, network marketing and building a team. Yeah. And I would even say another benefit to beauty counter, if you're looking at it as an affiliate opportunity is the conversion rate on beauty counter, at least in my experience has been so much greater hands down than any other affiliate program that I am associated with. So like to put a comparison here, I have one, one brand that I'm thinking of. It's an essential oil company that I'm an affiliate for. And I believe the commission is maybe 6%. So looking at commission alone is, you know, 6% compared to 25 to 35% with beauty counter is drastic. But then when you look at the conversion rate, my conversion rate for those, those, um, click throughs was 0.1%. And so what that looked like was I sent 1500, 1500 clicks to this company. I can see this in my affiliate dashboard and I made $6. Oh, like, wow. I mean, that is it's just like, that's not worth my time. So anything that comes from that, if somebody asks me what brand I use, yes, I will share the affiliate link. Like it just, it kind of goes back to that conversation I was having earlier about Amazon. It's like, of course I'm going to share the affiliate link because I use it anyway, but I'm not going to invest my time in creating content to support this affiliate program that doesn't convert well and doesn't have a great commission structure. And so right. while we're talking about that, let's Let's go into the compensation plan about what that looks like for somebody who is using this more as an affiliate program and then somebody who is going to want to build a team and use this more as direct marketing. Right. So like I said, when you 
or just selling your product, you're selling to other people, it's between 25 to 35% commission. The average order is around $125. So the way you work your way up the sales compensation plan from 25 to 35 is sales minimums per calendar month. So if you hit $3,000 in sales in a calendar month, which a lot of online influencers are certainly doing, and, and a lot more than that, um, you get the, the max 35% compensation. So if the average order is around $125 and you're hitting the 35% compensation, you're earning about $44 per order. Let's say you have 1,000 people watching your stories and let's say you have about a 5% conversion rate from the 1,000 people watching your stories and they order the average $125 beauty counter order. Just from that one story, you have the potential to make over $2,000, which is significant if you also compare that to sponsored content. Let's say you worked with a brand like Beauty Counter to sponsor an Instagram story and you only had a thousand, not only, but you had a thousand people watching your stories. You might only earn $250 from them for it being sponsored content, but you could repurpose that same exact content, sign up to be a Beauty Counter consultant, send people to your website, they make that purchase and you might earn over $2,000 with that same exact content. So that's where it really adds up with sales. And then if you chose to build a team, which is kind of that direct sales marketing um, structure, I look at it as I'm spending a lot of my time mentoring my team and showing them how to run a business from home, how to run a beauty business from home, giving them all of my best tips for building their own businesses. So I do deserve to be compensated for my time. And that's where you can earn income by building a team. So by building a team up to four levels beneath you, you can earn um, anywhere between five to 12% income um, from your team's sales. Um, and that's about that's off of 75% of their sales. So I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there, but at this point with my team of 200 people and being one of the top salespeople in the company, about 50% of my income comes from my own sales and about 50% comes from my team's sales. And that's for me, uh, supporting them and like authentically like cheering them on. I really want to see my team members be successful with this business because the sky is the limit. It's an amazing company. It has, they're planning for huge growth in 2020. Um, and it, I've seen what it's done for my family. So I'm there emotionally, physically, like with business tools, supporting my team members so that we all excel and we all increase our revenue. Yeah. And you um, so you're my mentor, like you provide so much business coaching on top of just like helping somebody with, with beauty counter specifics, like answering their questions, but it's really about getting their business started and figuring out what their issues are. Like I can't even, when I ended up quitting my full-time job, I remember boxing you, um, which is just like a walkie talkie app. And I was like crying because I, it was it was everything that you had helped provide me and built with me that allowed me the confidence to be able to do that. So even though beauty counter isn't my number one income stream, it was like, okay, this is consistent enough. The growth potential is there. Like it was the potential and the, the confidence that I needed to really be able to step away from my full-time job. Um, so yeah, that, that's the thing that I, think most people find surprising when they do build a team is how rewarding it is because you have the ability to touch people's lives in a way that you hadn't originally expected with the business. So not just the people that are purchasing the products, but also the people that are using this to provide another income stream for their family, which is just so incredible. 
Okay. What do you think are some qualities that are important for someone to have success with this type of business? So network marketing in general, maybe not necessarily beauty counter. Mm -hmm. So I always tell my team mindset is number one. So you have to, before you even start your business, at least believe that you have the potential to be successful with it and promise yourself, I'm going to try hard on this. Like this is something new for me. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to have to learn new skills I was not, I would not have considered myself a business person prior to Beauty Counter. I considered myself a very amateur food blogger who happened to luck into a cookbook contract and became a published author who's not very good at taking food photos and has had to teach themselves to go from like horrible to like decent over the course of five years. So I didn't consider myself a business person before Beauty Counter and it has taught me to be a business person and given me the confidence to have the future of starting other businesses completely outside the skincare industry. So I just want to put that out there that if you're open to learning, Beauty Counter can be the thing that teaches you how to be the content creator, the marketer, the graphic designer, all of it, um, the finance person, <laughs> your, your own accountant. It teaches you all of these skills, which is really fantastic. It teaches you how to work with a team. It teaches you recruiting skills. It, you'll improve your communication skills as well. So be open to learning. That's number one. You have to be open to learning. If you come into your business, any business, anything in life with a scarcity mindset, you're going to get what you put into it. And what we put into our business um, with our mindset is oftentimes what we get out. So I'm big into abundant thinking and goal setting. And I try to pass that on to my team as much as possible. Um, I'm not going to say that it's that introverts won't excel at this business, but you have to be comfortable with communication. This is a people to people business. You can't hide in your, like I'm literally sitting in a closet right now. You in my house. <laughs> so the sounds better for this. You cannot hide in your home um, and expect to reap the benefits of what this business potential is. Um, I think it's really important to, even if you're running your business on social media is to put your face on camera to be authentic with your sharing and to challenge yourself to do something new and that you're uncomfortable with, to talk about the business opportunity, to, if you're not a makeup person, to try and learn how to apply makeup for somebody who doesn't love to do makeup. So like I said, communication skills, being okay with learning something new, having that abundant mindset, um, and being team oriented. Like there's only so much you can do by yourself. And um, what's, the, what's the saying? Like a rising tide raises is it like a rising tide raises all ships something like that oh yeah basically if you're putting in your best then your team is going to do the same they're going to follow follow suit so how would someone choose a network car marketing company that they wanted to partner with if they were making this decision as a business decision and not just choosing which brand they want to work with because they wanted a discount Right. So I would look at the marketplace at the beginning of our conversation. I gave you some hard numbers on the growth of the cosmetics industry at overall 3% versus the growth of the natural cosmetics industry at, I think it was 18 to 19%. Um, beauty counters growth is even above and beyond that. So looking at those hard numbers, that's reason enough for me to at least ask questions about a certain company like, why are you now being seen as the leader in this industry? How innovative are you? What is your leadership like? What is your marketing and branding like? Are you trendy? Are you, who's your target audience? Are you just um, marketing to women 65 and up who maybe aren't on the computer as often, um, but you're an online company? You know what I'm saying? Like, so the marketing, the branding, the target audience, all of that has to align 
to line up. And it's as a consumer, I think it's best to look through the consumer's lens when you're deciding what businesses and what companies to partner with. You as a consumer, are you attracted to visually the website? Is the website easy to use? Do you want to come back and shop? Do you want to stay on that website for longer than just a couple seconds? Um, are there people who are in the industry talking about this brand? Are these people that you trust who you've enjoyed their other product recommendations as well? So you kind of have to look at it through the business person lens and the consumer lens and then really trust your gut instincts there. Like, is this a company I see going places? And Beauty Counter is definitely a company that I see going big places, who I see sticking around for a very long time and who will continue to be the number one innovator in the natural beauty industry. Um, I was fortunate enough to see all the products coming this year and just based on the products coming in the first half of 2020 alone is reason enough to get started with this company right now because they're, they're providing products that other natural beauty companies are, are not that are the counterpart, the safer counterpart to conventional products that everybody uses. So one thing that you had mentioned earlier about when, when we talked about the, the qualities that somebody might possess, and then you kind of touched on it here, some of the benefits that you get as a business owner. So some of the experiences that you get that benefit the rest of your revenue streams that you would get from working with an established company like Beauty Counter is not only are you getting sales experience for a product that is already vetted and loved, versus creating your own product that you have to gather testimonials for. You have to get people to purchase it to give you a, a realistic testimonial for it, right? You can't just say, I'm going to make this ebook and give it to five people and collect testimonials because those people are going to give you kind of a skewed testimonial because they feel obligated because you gave them that that book. And so when you're partnering with a network marketing company, one of the benefits is that this product has already been vetted by so many different people. And so the testimonials are there. The company has marketing dollars that they can put towards retargeting ads. So one of the things that you'll notice is if you go visit Beauty Counter's website or even just listening to this podcast, you may end up seeing Beauty Counter ads that are following you around on Facebook, etc. And these are things that as you're trying to scale the sale, like going back to the example of the sale of an ebook, you would have to learn how to create retargeting ads for your ebook if you wanted to really scale that income stream. And so you would have to figure out how to place a tracking pixel on your website and to put money and like content and create a graphic and everything to go on Facebook. Well, with Beauty Counter, you don't have to do any of that yourself. The company is providing you with that. Not to mention the fact that other people are already talking about it. So we, we look at things. I get the, the hesitation that a lot of people have is that too many people are already talking about it. But when you think about this from a business decision, the, the fact that other people are talking about something actually ends up benefiting you because it's a standard statistic thrown out there where the average person needs to hear about something seven times before they purchase it. So when you think about your ebook, how many times are you going to have to talk about this ebook before somebody's like, okay, I'm ready to buy? Well, it might be seven, but if seven other people or six other people that somebody is following is talking about beauty counter, then when they hear it about 
about it from you, they've already felt like, okay, enough people are talking about this. This is a great company. I'm ready to try the product. So it, it helps you. It's almost like you have other affiliates working with you to spread the word about this company. Um, and the really great thing about Beauty Counter, I'm sure it's like this with other network marketing companies as well, is that there's less competition than you think in a like mindset perspective. So I have so many friends that are beauty counter consultants on other teams and we help each other with our businesses. So it's not something where like Elena is only doing this podcast interview with me because I'm on her team. Like we, I feel like you probably would have done this with anybody because we just, we have a mission to get the word out there about the specific brand and it's less about our specific businesses and, and what we're trying to grow with it. So I think there are so many benefits to joining a network marketing company that will benefit other revenue streams in your business as well. And the marketing and the business coaching that you get from your mentor and from your mentor's mentor, like you mentor all of my team members as well. Like you provide trainings for your entire downline, not just your level one who is, you know, me. And so it's almost like you get two different business coaches when you start your business is your direct mentor and then the mentors above them, which I think is invaluable. And honestly, like so beneficial from a cost perspective because it costs, like how much does it cost to start your business, Elena? So if you're coming from a client or you've never purchased Beauty Counter before, it's $98 for your enrollment kit, but you get about $85 of product with your enrollment kit. So you're almost paying like 13, 15 bucks to get your website, to get some brochure materials. Um, the website fee per year is $50. So you're actually saving significantly on your first year's website fee as well with that enrollment kit. And then you have, like I said, you have immediate access to your website where let's say your name is like Claire Smith, your beautycounter.com slash Claire Smith. You can immediately send your mom, your best friend, your sister, and your Instagram audience to your website to browse. And if they decide to make a purchase then and there, then you get that email from Beauty Counter. Here's your order confirmation. Here's the name of your client, their mailing address if you wanted to reach out to them. Um, and this is exactly what they ordered if you want to give them some product tips. And, you know, that you they track all of your business stuff for you. So um, it's a 1040 situation. So you get your monthly earning statement. It's a direct deposit into your bank account if you set it up that way. And like you were saying, there's that social proof of other people, other prominent people in the online influencer, food blogging, life, healthy lifestyle community. It's the social proof of these people who a lot of people respect, who also teamed up with this brand as well. Even if they're not on your team, there's that social proof there. And exactly what you said, it might take somebody seven to 20 times to actually hear about something before they actually make the purchase. So, you know, as a consultant field, we're kind of all doing the work for each other. And I completely agree with you there. Okay. Now, has there been anything in your business, like in the entire history from 2014 to present that you've tried and failed, like, like it wasn't success? It's okay if there isn't. I'm just huh. Let me think here. So I would say Pinterest has been really tough for me. Um, because it's a lot of work to schedule all those pins to create the pins. Like it's like creating a whole extra image for your blog post. You have to be really consistent. And it, even if you get 10 million views on Pinterest, that doesn't always translate over to a big spike in ad revenue. It just depends on if people are heading to your blog and clicking on the ads. And so for me, Pinterest has been really tough. Um, and increasing 
um, I would say increasing my social media audience because I won't sell out and just promote any brand. I won't do a follow for follow. I've never purchased a follower. I'm very much myself and I might not be everybody's cup of tea. I've always kept it very authentic on my social media. So I have a, a loyal base of readers there um, and friends and community members there. So I would say I've never sold out. I've never done the like excessive presets and you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just myself on my Instagram and that means it's not growing quite as fast as I would like, but um, it's growing at an authentic to me pace where I'm like really curating a community of people who appreciate the content I'm sharing and who appreciate kind of stripping away the BS from social media. And that has created a really, like I said, a really loyal community. And so it's pretty interesting how my beauty counter sales, I'm one of the top salespeople in the company. But if you look at my audience size on Instagram, where Instagram stories is where I do a lot of my um, beauty counter sales promotion and through my newsletter list, but a lot through Instagram stories and Instagram. Um, if you look at my sales compared to some other people in the company who have equally as high sales or maybe slightly higher, they might have four or five times, six times higher number of followers um, on their Instagram, but we're doing similar sales. So that shows me that I have curated a really wonderful community who trusts my recommendations. Um, and like I said, I always give back to my community in terms of like product recommendations, following up with them and really treating it like a business. So I do treat Beauty Counter not just like an affiliate program, but like it's my very own business. And I think that makes the biggest difference in Beauty Counter specifically. What are some tips for somebody? Let's say somebody wants to join Beauty Counter and they are ready to just get started right away. They're a wellness entrepreneur. They have either a website or social media account or they're looking to start that. What would tips, if you had like three tips for that person, what would they be? Oh, so they're, they're ready. They're like ready to do Beauty Counter mm -hmm. and they want to get going. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would hope already that you already have your brand, your audience's trust. And this will be their response to you talking about beauty counter and sharing beautiful photos and sharing your beauty counter routine. Their response is probably going to let you know how much your audience trusts you. So if five weeks goes by and you've been talking about beauty counter consistently, you're showing your best photos, you're showing yourself with the makeup on, you're sharing your skincare routine, and you're not receiving a single order, that I think is proof that you haven't done enough work to earn your audience's trust. So right out the gate with me, when I joined Beauty Counter, I was very open. I put an Instagram post out there. I'm now a Beauty Counter consultant. This is why I joined with this company. This is why I'm really passionate about regulating the personal care industry um, and getting toxins out of our products for women and children and even men, but obviously women and children are most impacted. Um, these are my favorite products. Head to my stories and watch how I'm using them. I had significant sales my first one to two months, even though I had never talked about Beauty Counter before. And that showed me like, okay, my audience does trust me. They trust my recommendations and they're ready to get behind me and Beauty Counter. So I think that's, that's key is to be really honest with yourself. Um, first off, um, having somewhere outside of social media where you can send people to for more information. So that might be a blog post that might be a starting a whole new beauty counter newsletter or better beauty newsletter or like a non-toxic lifestyle newsletter where you can direct people away from social media and have them opt in with their email address where you can contact them about upcoming promotions, about, you know, your favorite products with the company, something outside of social media because social media can be an influx of like a constant barrage of, is it barrage or bearish? I've always wondered that. 
I say barrage. We're going to go with barrage. <laughs> it sounds French. Um, and, you know, you can get them alone in their Gmail inbox and really share with them why you're so passionate about this company and how you can help them. So I think that's really important as well is to take it off of social media at some point. Um, and then also just be really authentic. Like don't sign up to be a beauty counter consultant and buy zero products and expect to just direct people to your website and expect great sales because I'm not going to buy something from somebody unless I've seen them use it. And if I look back at my sales and I see what people are buying from me, it's the stuff that I'm going on Instagram or my newsletter list and sharing that I'm personally using and loving. So that's, that's important. It's like, yes, you're going to want to invest in some product, not because you have to, but because you're going to want to, so that you can authentically share about these products and show people you're, you, you wearing them. Because one of my biggest pet peeves, and I tell people on my team all the time is when people just screenshot images from the website into a swipe up link, like you could do that on any website and I'm not going to buy anything from you, but I am going to, if somebody talks to me about why they love this product, I can see it going on their face. I can see the difference it makes in, the, in their skin or like how refreshed they look despite being like a really sleepy, tired, stay-at-home mom like myself. Then I'm going to buy that product because it's meeting a need and I can trust that that person's been using it themselves. Yeah, those are really great tips and I feel like they're good for any business owner about anything. So like number one was gain no like and trust with your online community, whether that's through your blog, your social media accounts. Although, like you said, I think putting your face on camera, so Instagram is one of the best ways to gain that no like and trust right away. Same with YouTube. If you feel called to share on YouTube, I think that that's a really great way to do that as well. And then... Number two tip would be to grow your email list. And with that is just a great way to be able to consistently connect with people to share education and promotions about the products. And then number three would be to invest in the product that you're sharing so that people can, again, goes back to like that no like, and trust factor. So I do think that it's important that people realize that just because we have these things that we're talking about, gaining no like and trust on social media and the email list and all of that, that it isn't required for you to have those built before you start the business. And I think that it can even be a benefit to you to have a smaller community that really trusts you because you are going to feel a lot more confident in sharing about your choices when it's uh, a smaller community that you're speaking to. Like if you think about trying to get on a social media account that has a hundred thousand people that are watching your stories, like that's huge and really scary. But if you think about like a hundred people that might be watching your stories, it's going to be a lot easier to put your face out there and just be, be you, be yourself. Um, so kind of growing with your social media community is going to be really helpful rather than just like feeling like you need to be starting out with a thousand people automatically on your email list and social media accounts following you. Okay. Last question that I want to ask is if there is anything that you wish you would have known or done differently when you first started your business back in 2014. I would. So I was very good about consistently speaking about beauty counter from the get go. And I think that's why I grew my personal sales business quite quickly. What I wish I would have done was started growing a team more quickly than I did. I think it took at least 12 months for me to add my first team member. And that's because I wasn't trying. And I, my mentors in the business were saying like, you would be an amazing business mentor. You are a natural at this. You have a lot to teach people. Like you really should start adding, a t you know, adding people to your team and showing people the potential in this business. And, you know, by doing so that also increases my income as well. But I, 
didn't think that I would be a good business coach. I, I had never done it before. I didn't have that trust, that in, intuitive trust in myself. And that's sad because I am a good mentor. I'm a very good business coach. And it's a skill that I had within me that I didn't realize, but that I've been able to groom and really improve upon with practice over the past two years that I've had my team. So that's what I wish I would have went back and told my 2017 self is don't be afraid to grow a team with this business because that's where you're going to really have the most impact both socially in terms of getting our mission outside of just my own community because now I have 200 other communities that because I added these people to my team, that's an infinite amount of people. I can't even imagine how many people are, are now exposed to beauty counter just because I've added these people to my team. Um, so yeah, that's what I would have told myself is be more confident and do the scary thing. Oh, the scary thing is where the growth happens for sure. Okay. So where can people find you? So you can find me. I'm very active on Instagram. My Instagram is instagram.com slash grazed and enthused and spelled out A-N-D and grazed with a Z, by the way, grazed and enthused. And then grazedandenthused.com is my blog. And if you ever want to email me and chat about Beauty Counter or email Anne, my email is Elena, A-L-A-E-N-A at grazedandenthused.com. And we are happy to answer any of your questions that you have about the Beauty Counter consultant opportunity, whether you want to use it as affiliate marketing or the more traditional network marketing um, revenue stream. Right. And I just wanted to throw out there. So if you are interested in talking about Beauty Counter, you can chat with us. You can chat with anybody that you are already working with, with Beauty Counter. Like we wanted to put this as a resource out there for you to consider a variety of different network marketing companies for different revenue streams for your business. Um, but if you, if you are aligned with myself or Elena, you would get the, the business coaching advice from both of us. If you were to join our team, we would love to have you. Thanks so much for being here, Elena. Thank you, Anne. If after listening to this episode, you're interested in becoming a beauty counter consultant, now is truly the best time to join Elena mentioned that the cost to begin promoting the brand is $98, but until March 7th, this fee is waived when you purchase a starter kit. A starter kit is a collection of heavily discounted products that help you get started with sharing the brand with your community. Now, in addition, I am gifting new consultants who join my team with the purchase of a starter kit access to my online course, Social Story Selling, Social story selling teaches you how to grow your online community and make sales without sounding salesy. It also gives you four months of daily prompts for what to post on social media that help you to grow your online authority and the know, like, and trust factor of your community and how to really connect with them and increase engagement. So it is a really, really incredible program. It sells for $555 and you can get it free just by joining my team. So as a member of my team, you will get access to the trainings and mentorship from both me and Elena. And this is a really valuable business mentorship opportunity as we talked about in the episode because we have weekly trainings and ongoing support as your wellness business grows in all aspects. I cannot wait to connect with you. Go ahead and pop into my DMs at grassfed salsa or you can email me Anne at grassfedsalsa.com and it's Anne with an E. And we can chat about whether this is a good fit for you and your business. Can't wait to chat. Wait, don't go yet. You've reached the end, which can only mean one thing. You loved this episode. 
if I can ask for one simple favor, it'd be for you to leave Profit Meets Passion a quick review on iTunes. These reviews help to support the show and help other wellness entrepreneurs find it too. While you're there, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your biz bestie and Instagram community. You can tag me at grassfedsalsa. Finally, you can head over to profitmeetspassion.com for all the links I referenced in this podcast. See you next week.